Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. So that we don't I mean, have to go lockdown again. But I mean, um, like if you work in retail, like all the pennies staff can't work from home and no all those I mean. shops are going to have to open back up in town so like they're going to yeah. fill the buses no problem so i mean it's just wondering how how all that's going to work we should be all given giant zorbs disinfected zorbs that we can come into so take the cars off the roads and we just jog in and zorbs and then we'll all perfectly fine we'll be grand yeah or That'll zorbs handy, thrown onto the back of a van yeah. imagine that being a scorching hot day <laughs> oh my god that would you be would horrific that would be the I'll end just of you yeah, you would disappear. Absolutely disappear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're going to be on public transport, try and distance yourself as best you can. But I mean, yeah, you can't really, can you? On a Lewis. No, you, you, you want, and there wouldn't be, see, this thing is there wouldn't be enough buses to, to cope with that either. Because you need probably like five, t- five times the amount of buses we have so everyone can get two metres distance. And I know they're probably saying we can't get two metres distance. It'll just be, it'll be interesting because at, at the moment, I would say, what, 10% of people are wearing masks out in public? Mm, at the moment yeah I'd say so yeah so you know right not enough probably not enough Um, enough, in happier news in happier news you have do you have two sisters or one sister I have an older and a younger sister I am the spoiled middle child who didn't have to do a tap because you're the only boy only boy and the middle child double whammy see I'm the middle child and I was not spoiled. I was forgotten about. So that's an, mm. a whole different ball game there. But um, apparently, having a sister can actually make you happier as a person. Are you surprised? Are you happier yeah, as suppose, a person suppose, knowing uh, that you have two sisters? I suppose I don't know, to be perfectly honest with you, because I don't have, I can't really compare it to having brothers. See, I have two brothers and I've got two sisters. And do my sisters bring more joy to my life? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that they do, really. But apparently, there was a study done. Uh, a lot of people actually were um, in this study. So it's, it's a big study. So the evidence suggests that this is true. Um, they were now, is this just in general? Psycho- so it doesn't matter like, if, you, if you're a boy. Like, it won't make a boy's life better if no. they have sisters or a girl. So it's just any, any random person Anyone. having a sister yeah. is better. Yeah, they were asked psychological questions on various topics, including their mental health, right? So the findings discovered that those people who had sisters felt more encouraged to talk about their feelings, making them more optimistic. See, that's the thing, right? My sisters and my family as a whole, we're not very emotional, none of us. So no one Mm. will be asking you how you feel, ever. They, They avoid at all costs. So the girls are just as bad as the boys. 
So I don't understand how this would affect me personally. But I do know I have obviously very good friends who have sisters that are always, you know, it's, are you okay, hon? You sounded sad on the phone. They know, they're aware. Whereas brothers probably wouldn't be. I don't know if your sisters check up on you. No, not Never. at all. <laughs> they, yeah, and in maybe. fairness, I don't check up on them either. I'm, I'm like literally the worst brother in, in the entire world. Yeah, see, I'm the same. Like, I don't really keep in contact with any of them. I'm terrible. But anyway, sisters appear to encourage more open communication in families. Not, not my sisters at all. Yeah, see, I think the same. Yeah. Does anybody else feel that? Is anybody else out there going, no, my sisters are brilliant? Because I do know people whose sisters are really good. And you couldn't Emma, really say the same about, about a brother. Uh, Emma, our very own... Um Emma Nolan from F104 has just WhatsApped us in saying, traditionally, the middle kids are the least spoiled. Emma, is this what your parents told you? Are you a middle child and is this why they didn't buy you anything? We're not spoiling it because I was... Not, no, I might I be because agree. I'm the only, only... Because I'm the only boy. Yeah, you are the only so boy. So I was clearly the favourite then. Your, your mom still washes your clothes. I know you bring no, your clothes she back doesn't. to her house. She no, she does. doesn't. She no, she does. does. Well, then your fiancé is washing your clothes because I know for a fact that I you know, I, know. I put a wash on on Saturday, all right? The first one of the year, but I put it on. Good. <laughs> so I don't Were have to do another one until 2021. It? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Well, forced at gunpoint. But going back to the middle child thing, I totally agree with you, Emma. Uh, I'm the middle child of five kids and because I was neglected um, and got no attention, I'm very grounded because of that. Um, I cause no stress or drama to my family whatsoever. Um, well, maybe yeah, not so now, but you got that all out of the way when you were, what, 16? Oh, yeah, it was a nightmare when I was 16, but sure, look, <laughs> I survived and my mom is still alive to tell the tale, so it's okay. But Just two sisters, woman. you know, I don't know. I, just, I don't know if personally this would make a difference to me, but we don't know because we have sisters. And mm. I'm a very... See, you're not an emotional person, whereas I... Well, I wouldn't say I'm emotional, I don't cry, but I would, sh I would express my feelings quite a lot. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Yeah, boys don't. To figure out. That's yeah, I know. Yeah, boys don't have feelings. Unfortunately, we don't even have tear ducts. We can't even cry, which is amazing. But just this is the difference between the sexes, isn't it? Madness. Um, yeah, listen. Uh, so happier. This is if you sisters, you're happier. Yeah. So imagine you were from a family of all boys now. Three boys or four boys. Oh, I don't know. I think be, but I think you might be. I don't, would you not be closer with your brothers if it was all boys? I don't know, actually. I wouldn't. Not that I wouldn't say so. You probably would be on the surface. But when it comes to actual problems, you probably won't be sitting down asking them how they feel. No, you'd just be fighting them. Yeah. But like, say if you were going through some stress in your life, whatever it might be, maybe you wouldn't feel comfortable because they might be slagging yeah. you or they might, you know, laugh it off or something. Tell you to grow up. I don't know. Whereas a, whereas a sister would probably come at it more sensitively, possibly. Yeah. So in that regard, yeah. But you see, the thing about my family is my sisters, geez, if they're listening, they're going to hate me, but they're quite tough cookies, I would say, whereas the boys are quite sensitive. Oh, a bit, so bit of a, a role reversal there. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of role reversal going on. So, you know, one of my brothers, I would be able to talk to more about that kind of stuff than I would my yeah. sisters. So, who knows? Michelle, though, Michelle, sorry, Michelle just said, my sister is 15 years younger than me, but I still look for her guidance. She's my little rock. I'd be lost without her. See, I love that. That's really cute. I wonder if it's learned behaviour from a parent, though, from a mother. So if your mom was very sensitive or very emotional, maybe it would just be passed down to the girls anyway. Aisha, the lads are just told to stop crying, man up and stop being a little girl. Yeah. And then you bury though. those feelings deep, deep down and then when Uncle Guinness comes along or alcohol, <laughs> <laughs> that's when they come out and you're like, wow, I have a lot of issues. It's changing yeah. now though. It is changing now, but uh, they often say that, Yeah, people that, are you know, using different beers now, you know, they're using Heineken <laughs> and, and, and cocktails even men are using. For, for but do you ever notice, like, with, like, you might have cousins or friends, that if they have an older sister, the boy is usually a little bit softer. So say if the girl is the eldest and then there's a boy. Yeah, it's tragedy. Then, you know, if the boy is the eldest, I think he takes on the role of, like, the protector and he has to look after his younger siblings kind of thing. But I think if the... Yeah. A girl born first and uh, a boy born second, you often find that the boy can be quite uh, quite sensitive. And you notice that in relationships. Obviously, this doesn't apply to you, but in relationships, when I think back, anyone who I've gone out with who has just had a brother or maybe had no siblings were completely different to those who had sisters. Mm. So in that regard, I would say this study is probably correct. Correct and right. All right, so there's nothing you can do if you've no sisters. Just accept your misery for the rest yeah. of your life. I'm sure there's somewhere online where you could buy a sister or rent a sister. <laughs> there probably yeah. is. There's probably everything is. on the internet, so you don't have to worry about that. Right, cool. Well, listen, um, we have to kind of, we're going over a little bit. We must move on. We're talking next about this thing called venustrophobia. If you have ever heard of it, venustrophobia generally will affect more men than women. It is a... It's a fear. It's a fear of something. Alan has said, is it the fear of having to go into a store to buy female sanitary products? Actually, <laughs> do you know something really funny? Someone actually said to me that I know very well the other day. Um, I came across some lady nappies. Lady like, nappies? I could not what even a horrible, say... Horrible like, phrase. Lady horrific. nappies. It just brings lady up far too many... Like, why would you say lady nappies? Like, that is horrific. We are not giant babies. 
Well, that's debatable, seriously. <laughs> well, maybe I am. But yeah, lady nappies. Like, you're terrified <laughs> to even nappies. say tampons. <laughs> like, you are. <laughs> Why would you it's say not- that? It's natural. Listen, a lot of things are natural are still not nice, all right? Oh, seriously. Now, you need lady to grow nappies. Do you have lady nappies? Yeah, nappies? and he needs to grow up as well with his lady nappies. <laughs> They're called pads and they're called tampons. And it's okay. Pads. It's completely normal. Fanny pads. Oh, you don't have to I would fanny. like to purchase your f- four fanny pads, please. <laughs> Jesus. Or like if you don't have those, do you have any extra large lady nappies oh for my God, Saoirse? Stop. Saoirse, what size what? lady imagine, nappies do you take? Imagine sending someone in to get you pads and they ask for lady nappies. Oh, it'd be they would think you have an incontinence problem. Yeah, they would. Uh, they'd and they bring you back. And you know what? The person who probably said this to you, they, they, they wouldn't even question the chemist. Or they, they just take them and go, yeah, thank you very much, <laughs> and bring you back on. Here, you're just going to have to use the nappies. There you go. Imagine trying to put the nappy under your jeans. <laughs> oh. You would just like, Freddie my... jeans and the, yeah. the huggies coming up at the back. <laughs> so what are you doing? And here they're going, oh. not only is it that time of the month, but I don't yeah. have to go to the bathroom anymore. This is brilliant. Oh, God. <sighs> Disgusting. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, okay, someone has gotten this correct. Venustrophobia. Is it the fear of beautiful women? It is. Apparently, yes. you can have venustrophobia, which is a chronic fear that you get whenever you see a beautiful, beautiful woman. So you start stammering and, you know, you have that massive fear of rejection. You don't go up to them. And then you never find, you have to go out with a minger then because you're too afraid to talk to someone you like. <laughs> and then all the ugly people have to go out with mingers because all the good looking guys are too afraid to come up to them. And everyone's just in spiteful, bitter relationships for the rest of the time. Listen, what is the story with venustrophobia? Uh, why, do, why do some men have it? What exactly does it do? How does it affect you and how can you kind of get over it and fix it? We'll be talking to uh, Dr. Shannon McHugh, who's uh, is a certified psychologist and expert in this area, next here on FM 104. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. And Saoirse, we've chatted about this a couple of times before, right? And more of a, more of a guy issue where uh, guys are can be sometimes absolutely terrified of approaching a girl uh, on a night out or wherever. I was going to say like in a supermarket, but if you're approaching a girl in the supermarket, you're weird. You are very strange. Yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah, don't, I know. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, men that just approach girls randomly on the street. It happened to me before. I got really paranoid about two years ago when I was walking to work and someone just stopped me and asked me to go for coffee. Now, at the time, I had chocolate stains all over my jeans because I'd eaten a chocolate bar. <laughs> and I, I oh, chocolate was stains, joke. was it? Right. Literally, okay. literally chocolate stains. Could have been something else. He didn't know. Who knows? But he stopped yeah. me and he asked me for my number and I was completely freaked out. But now I'm hardly uh, the most beautiful girl you've ever seen in your life. But I have talked to you about very, very good looking girls and the fear of going out with them. So I'm sure it's very hard for a really good looking girl to find a boyfriend. Uh, yeah, one, because usually they have been riding on the coattails of their beauty, so haven't had to develop any social skills. But at the same time, guys are absolutely terrified of them sometimes. Isn't there's an actual uh, uh, label or an actual phobia that is being used by psychologists to describe what it means to be terrified of beautiful women? And joining us on the line to explain a little bit more about that and to explain a little bit more about that to you, she is a licensed clinical and forensic psychologist, Dr. Shannon McHugh. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. You have the most Irish name in the world. (laughs) 
I do, and uh, I don't have the accent to go with it. <laughs> oh, we can work on that, though. Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll get there. I know. <laughs> I love it very much. I wish I did. <laughs> so what have you found in this study? Because it's fascinating. So there is something going around on the Internet that is called venustrophobia, which people are aligning to the fear of beautiful women. Um, I am a licensed psychologist, and so my job is to talk to people uh, and confirm whether or not they're experiencing mental health struggles that are impacting their life. And so from a diagnosis perspective, we don't really use a lot of these phobia terms because they're kind of sensationalized. And and so venustrophobia is not something that you will find in the diagnosis manual that we use, but the fear of beautiful women really is a thing that a lot of people experience when they have intense romantic or physical attraction to someone. So it is something that can be treated uh, and is a real thing for a lot of men and women um, when they see somebody super attractive to them. Now, is this someone that's super attractive that they can't get with because they've tried or is it that they can't approach or they're just blindsided by the fact that they're just gorgeous? I think it could be a lot of things. I think the main issue if somebody is experiencing fear is that they're having an irrational thought about whatever they're afraid of, right? So when somebody's afraid of beautiful women, it could be that they don't have the social skills to kind of initiate a conversation with Mm. that person, or it could be that they have tried and that they're doing something that is not attractive, I guess. To, to the women that they're trying to uh, court, I guess. So when you are, uh, maybe you can maybe explain the mechanics behind what happens when you are physically attracted to someone because you, you seem to be going from one state, as Sisha said, of being able to be perfectly fine. You can talk, you're not awkward, you're not, you know, don't know what to do with your hands. And then someone who's stunning <laughs> comes into you, looks at you and you, all of your capacities and capabilities as a functioning adult human go out the window. Now, now why is that? <laughs> Well, so, I mean, that that all sounds like anxiety, right? So when somebody is experiencing anxiety, the body will kind of go into a state of shock or what we call the fight or flight mode, right? There's hormones in our body that are uh, what we call stress hormones, like cortisol. And often when we're in a situation where we're experiencing nervousness or fear, the our cortisol levels will increase. And what happens is there's a part of our brain that is really kind of designated for survival. And that part of our brain will kind of go haywire in those moments, creating a situation where we can't do things in the way that we normally do. And everything does go out the window because there's a different part of your brain that kind of takes control during that moment. And so that's where awkwardness can come from. That's where, you know, some of the more uh, difficult social interactions can come from is, is people experiencing the physiological, the body responses to uh, something stressful, which could be just seeing somebody attractive. And what are the most extreme cases that you've seen when it comes to this? That's interesting. I mean, I I work a lot with kids and families um, and people who are kind of past a lot of this in my own personal work. But definitely throughout my career, I have seen people who struggle with 
social skills. Um, that's kind of a main expertise of mine. And so there are people that are pretty crippled by all social interaction. And a lot of that comes from this fear that they're going to say or do the wrong thing. And so uh, because of that, then they end up saying and doing the wrong thing because they are so nervous about doing that that it ends up being kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so that's kind of, I see, I've seen a lot of that, especially with young teens. I've worked with a lot of teens who are super nervous about dating. And that has been something that I help them with is trying to figure out how they can have confidence coming into situations instead of kind of coming from a place of fear. Because if they are interacting during a place when they feel really nervous, it's never going to come out the way they want. So to the young men who are listening to this right now, um, who, who again w- would love to just be able to u- utter even a hello or, or manage themselves uh, without, especially without needing like copious amounts of alcohol, because we know the whole stereotype <laughs> of the drunken idiot in the bar is the only way that they can manage to pluck up the courage to go and say something idiotic uh, to a member of the opposite sex or that they're attracted mm-hmm. to. What of advice do you have so for young men to try and get over this um a crippling case of fear and anxiety? (laughs) Uh, Great question. I think the thing that I always go to for anyone who's experiencing nervousness at any time, but especially during these kinds of situations, is to find a a way to be centered and present or mindful. So we talk a lot, therapists will talk a lot about mindfulness, which means being in the present, right? So the a person who's the most attractive is going to be somebody who's in the moment with the person that they're with, right? Instead of mm. worrying about the possibility of what's going to happen or thinking about all the times that they may have messed up before, right? So it, being in this present moment is going to be the most that is going to be the way that a that a young man can be his calmest, right? Because he's not thinking about what happens if this happens or he's not thinking oh you know about all the different things that have happened in the past he's only thinking about this situation which is i'm attracted to this girl and i want to get to know her and being able to kind of uh get his mind centered on what's happening right now and not happening what's not happening in other parts of his life is going to be able to have him have a more calm presence and make it easier for uh, a, a woman, a beautiful woman, to be interested in him. I need to take this advice because I find <laughs> that it happens to me the other way around. If I see a really good looking guy, I just walk really strange. I don't know why. I'm <laughs> being really paranoid about how I walk. And then I start walking like a duck. And it's really weird and really awkward and embarrassing. So I need to take this advice off. So hang on, the next time I see you walking awkwardly in front of a man, I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. hang on. Say she's walking to the walls. She she likes, she, she fancies that guy. <laughs> Although she'll have yeah. to clean up her, her, her bloody nose. And um, does, does it affect, is this more of a kind of guy thing than it is a girl thing? Um, You know, it's funny that you say that you you experience this too, because I I don't know that it is gender specific. I think mm. um, because, because if we think about when we're attracted to someone and we think about it from a place of anxiety, right? Nervousness. Everybody feels nervous when they see somebody that they're interested in. There's this awkwardness because there's this intense feeling that is connected to this person that we don't know yet, potentially. And so there's this hesitation. And I think the back of our minds, the feeling is what if, what if, right? Like what what could happen in this situation? And our brains are designed to protect us. And so I think often our brains will say something to us like, 
um, this can only go bad for you, right? To kind of protect you from feeling embarrassed or nervous. And so I think most people experience that feeling. There are just other people who are maybe more confident or more um, able to control those initial feelings that come into a situation with more ease and confidence. And, you know, I, I think most people find confident people more attractive because they don't seem so nervous. Um, and nervousness, I think, is an indicator of something that a lot of people find unattractive. And so I think I don't think it's a gender thing. I think it's more uh, related to just like feeling good in your own skin and feeling good about being in the moment with the person you're with. Cool. That's pretty good advice, yeah. Cool. Now, whether <laughs> the, the, the young nervous man listening to that will heed that advice or, again, go straight to the bar when the pubs reopen over here. We do not know. But listen, we, we've tried our best and we've done our best. But listen, oh, God. Microphone falling off in the home studio now. <laughs> We're okay. This has happened before. Don't worry about it. Uh, listen, uh, Doc, we best let you go. Thanks a million for popping on, um, Dr. Shannon McHugh. Is there anywhere online where people can check out some of your work that you're doing? Absolutely. So we, uh, I actually just started a new company called Learn and Burn. It's a, it's a company that's designed to teach kids kind of about all the stuff that we talked about today. So teaching them about how their brains work to help them feel more calm. So mm. my uh, website is www.learnandburnkids.com. Brilliant. Well, Dr. Shannon McHugh, learnandburn.com. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thanks so much. It was fun talking to you guys. Anytime. Here's that Lady Gaga. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Cormac and Saoirse here on FM 104. Still, uh, if you missed any of the show, by the way, the interviews, the features, the full listen backs will be available on via the podcast. So all of the shows uninterrupted and separately, the interviews and segments from the shows as well will be up there. So ACAST, Spotify, uh, the usual places where you get your podcasts from, you can go and you can subscribe to us there if you like. And leave a review if you're feeling very, very, uh, very, very generous indeed. Good news, we, we got a text in earlier on, I can't remember from who, complaining that what they wanted shredded today was the fact that they should be sitting on a beach um, in Spain or Portugal somewhere this evening um, rather than being at home and that they're a little bit disgusted that they had to cancel their plans as a lot of you I know probably been in a similar situation whether it was just weekends away or sags or holidays that the whole thing has been thrown on its head good news because we know Spain and Portugal are reopening but it turns out that Spain officially now will reopen for, for Irish tourists from this Sunday, from Sunday, uh, wow. June the 21st. The only thing on top of that is, or the caveat with that as well, is that our government are still saying that non-essential travel should be limited. Yeah, I think, All right? honestly, you should probably hold off. It's just a nice idea knowing that you can go, isn't it? I think a lot yeah. of it's got to do with the idea that you know, we always want something we can't have. So yeah. if you know it's open, at least there's no rush, lads. You know, you can hold off a month or two or even longer. You don't have to rush and book your flights for Sunday. Mm. Give it a rest for a while. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of it's psychological. It's it's like pennies. Like I'm dying to go to pennies because it's been closed. I know, but at least and at least now maybe you don't feel the urge because you have the option. When someone takes away all your options, everyone gets a bit antsy, don't they? Yeah. They're like, what I, the I, I, I went into town the other day. I'm dying to go into Penny's, and yeah. the queue was there. And I was thinking, right, I'll go another day when the queue is not long. You know, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Hopefully. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, Fingers crossed. And that's for kind of like China and a few other places that has to reinstate lockdown. So I suppose the last thing anyone wants and the last thing you want is to be told, hi, yeah, 
year, Pennies is closed again, McDonald's is shut down again, oh, pubs, stop. nah. Wouldn't you, no. wouldn't you just hate that? When you hate to turn on the TV and just see Leo Varadkar, give, uh, Leo Varadkar giving a speech laden with more movie quotes telling you about how we're locked down again <laughs> and you're just there kind of going, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> he comes out and goes, thou shall not pass. And you're like, oh, for, come on, Leo, really? Yeah, I know. Thou yeah, shall not pass like, into phase three. Who wrote that yeah. for me, damn? <laughs> yeah, um, so... so um, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I'm so terrified of that happening and it actually gives me anxiety that I will do anything and everything in my power to just abide by the rules for once in my life. Would you Would you be up, Would you go on holidays this year to Spain or Portugal no. or anywhere in Europe? No, I've no problem going anywhere. No, I won't go on holidays anywhere. No way. I, I just personally don't think we should be going on holidays till at least, I would say... 2028. I'd, I'd say March. I wouldn't think of going anywhere till March. Outside the country. Far too soon. Yeah. I will happily well, go to Trabalgan. So you wouldn't go to Benidorm. Benidorm is just after opening its beaches again, after being closed no. for three months. No, I wouldn't. And no? it's actually really awkward because, as I was saying, my two sisters are getting married and one of them's getting married next May or is planning on getting married next May. May. And that kind of seems, okay, it's a year away, it's fine, but her hen... She was yeah. saying, oh, what about February? And I was like, there's no way I'm going anywhere in February. At least be, March. It'd be interesting to see where, you know, people's headspaces are. Like, um, Saoirse is saying, not the end of the year. Oh, like, No. Okay, drop us a text. If you would be willing to go on holidays this year, I mean, how soon? I'm not saying that you should or you would, but, like, you can go, I suppose, soon they'll have to reopen up travel. But when? I know, and I know. Do you know what the awkward one is? And this is probably what a lot of people are facing at the moment, where they've booked holidays way in advance. Like my friend is meant to go to Spain in two weeks' time, and she said, "For one, she said I feel like I I shouldn't be going because people will be judging me." And then she said, "For two, I can't get my money back because you know the place is open, and I'll just be losing out on that money." Uh, But she's not comfortable going, and then she's not comfortable with what other people might kind of think. You know, she she's working from home, like a lot of us are. Yeah. And she said, I'm actually enjoying working from home, but I can't turn around and say, well, I flew to wherever for two weeks and uh, now I'm coming home, but I still don't want to go into work. You can't be going away on flights to go on holidays if you're concerned about... Um, to work from you know. Spain. That's, that's my plan. Buy a little... Mm. Uh, a little hotel over there, a little holiday, a little holiday, and head on over. So, uh, yeah, listen, drop us a WhatsApp. But when when would you be comfortable going away? I'd love to know when you would feel comfortable heading abroad with the current situation that we're in at the moment. When you'd be like, I hear, are you just kind of like screw it? I don't care at this stage, or are you still a little bit, a little bit antsy, or a little bit nervy? Let us See, know. I, I think that's the worry. I think if we start doing that, Asher, sure, look, it's grand, or it'll be fine, or the numbers are continuing to drop. I mean, as we said, we spoke to Simon Harris last Thursday, and he said, don't let that trick you into thinking that it's it's gone it's done now the numbers are dropping that it's it, you know we're out Do you know of what i'd love to see though i would love to see a lot of irish people coming back uh from holidays and instead of like the sunglass marks it's the face mask marks from their face so yes. their, their eyes and their upper are burnt and then their mouth and their nose down are, are white and they look like idiots that'd be fun that would be fun and at least then you'd know that they kind of made an effort to distance themselves and keep themselves safe or whatever but I don't know. I just think it's not... I don't think it's right going away this summer. I right. Really well, don't. listen, uh, how soon would how soon would you be comfortable in, in going away? Provided, obviously, it's it's legal to let us know. Drop us a WhatsApp. Um, Spain opened for Irish tourists from this Sunday. And I should say is that they're not requiring you to stay... 
they're not requiring you to stay in quarantine in Spain for two weeks when you land there either from this Sunday. So they've lifted that restriction as well. But I will remind you, our government, any non-essential travel, whether that's locally and domestically here in, in Ireland and in Dublin, is is discouraged and obviously any non-essential travel they're like now nah, let's come on now cop on you should avoid all non-essential travel in and out of the country but listen just let us know when you would feel perfectly comfortable going on a holiday again outside of the country 0876797104 um, we'll talk about that in a few moments time and also a bit of music from FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long it's Cormac and Saoirse here on FM 104 uh, we're just chatting there about uh, when you would feel comfortable travelling abroad again, um, even when the restrictions are lifted, Spain has said its, it's two-week quarantine restrictions for Irish tourists will be lifted this Sunday. So from their side, they're not going to be asking you to quarantine for two weeks, but still from the, the uh, our own health advice at the moment, it's still please avoid any non-essential travel. So going to Marbella to, you know, get your hoop out beside the pool for Instagram. N- not essential as of yet. Uh, so we're going to be avoiding that. But just uh, we were just trying to figure out this evening, when would you feel perfectly comfortable jumping on a plane with loads of other strangers in a little cabin and flying over uh, and going on holidays? When would you be okay going on a foreign holiday? 0876797104. Uh, Tommy has said this. Good evening. I'm meant to be going to Palmanova in the morning. Oh, no. It's obviously cancelled, but uh, I'm heading to see friends in Spain for Christmas and New Year and haven't got the slightest worry. Really? I don't know. You see, here's the thing, right? I'm not judging anyone else that that does it. Look, I'm not. Like, if you're allowed to do it, you're allowed to do it, and that's totally up to to you whether you do it or not. But, ugh, I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't do it. Fionn has messaged me in saying definitely October will be the earliest he would think about uh, the, the, the thing about it is, right, um, Christmas in my head seems like so long, but it, it's not that long. I mean, we're June the 15th. The last three, four months has just disappeared in the blink of an eye. Yeah, so you know, it'll it come around to it. But, um, but yeah, I, I'd feel perfectly... I'd probably be absolutely fine going in December as well, um, provided we're not in another stage of lockdown, provided the world hasn't exploded um, and, you know, just 2020 comes to an end. <laughs> um, it would be at least a year before I would fly. Plus there are restrictions as well, so why would you bother? And that comes yeah, in see, that's from... The thing. Sorry, and that Mary, how are you? a big part of, of why I find the whole thing just uncomfortable because it's not like, oh, grand, we're back now and that's fine. There's now measures in place. There's limits to what you can do and it's just it's actually really sad because it's not the same as as the way it was you can't just you know be carefree in any environment you know you you have to social distance you have have to you know there's not as many seats or there won't be at the moment you can only just walk in and get a takeaway coffee and you have to leave and there's a big shield up in front of you it's just not very nice but you'd be out in the beach you'd be fine yeah but I think they're doing the same with that you know, it's going to be someone going around telling you you're too close to the next person. Like, when did you ever think something like that would ever happen? You know, I know, I, yeah. I just, I know obviously this is going to be in place for a long time to come, but I just feel like at least this time next year, fingers crossed, all going well, it'll have eased quite significantly. So we'll be back to more normal. Yeah. You know, whereas yeah. I think at the moment or the foreseeable future, the next six months, it's going to be very restrictive and... You can't just have the crack. You can't. Just gonna, you know? Well, you, you have the crack here. Just, you know, we can do little, do little staycations. Um, 
Alan, thank you for the text message in. Alan has said, it's all about planning the holidays. I'm already thinking about a safari in Kenya, Vegas for my birthday, and New York too. Well, no, Alan. Uh, nothing booked, but uh, but as soon as it's open again, Lord help me. Uh, it would depend on the state of the country I'd be visiting. I'd go to New Zealand next week. Uh, I won't go near Britain as it stands. And that's not just because of the virus. They're on fire and burning to the ground as well. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so I won't go near Britain as it stands until March next year for the wedding of the century. Brazil and the USA are no-go zones until there's a, a vaccine. Yeah, think about it. The USA as well, it, it depends on obviously what state you go to as well because they've had such different uh, uh, lockdown protocols or, or lockdown quarantine situations in, in each different state. So, you, you know, New York's completely different to Arizona and, and San Fran at the best time. So, uh, yeah, I know everyone is, is really eager and just looking at fancy holidays they could go on if this is yeah. ever lifted. But I'm just wondering when you would be, when do you see yourself boarding a plane? In, yeah, in the near future, literally comfortable doing it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I would, I would probably say next year. Really? Yeah. You're not going to go away till next year. I know. I know. This is such a first world problem discussion to have. You know, it's like, so you're not going to go and play and visit a foreign country. Oh my god! Like that's that's shocking. It's obviously, um, you know, <laughs> a big first world problem here. But, um, yeah. So n- not till next year. So what? January, well, see, February, March would be the earliest. No plans anyway. So I never did have any plans for the summer, regardless, which is fine, because the sister's wedding... But let's say you, you actually had friends who liked you and wanted to go away on holidays with you, right? Hypothetically speaking for a moment here. Yeah. Yeah, if I did have friends, I think... Yeah, I think March would be the earliest I'd go away. Right. But now I have five weddings next year. Yeah. Yeah, same so as... I, I think I have five... I think I've, yeah. I've, I actually could have six or seven next year because the, the two, I was meant to have three, I was meant to have two in May and two in, two in May, two in May, two in August. I was meant to have five this year actually and they've all been pushed. Bar one actually, I think bar one uh, has been pushed till next year. So next year's yeah. going to be... That's uh, what I mean. So, and they're all abroad. Bar one, absolutely they're actually all abroad. Smashed. That, that'll be fun. Yeah, well that will yeah. be fun but they're, like that's a lot of travelling. So come... Mm, yeah. Come April next year, it'll be nearly one a month for the until September. Mm. So, you know, but I, like I'd rather. You probably won't be able if, to afford to go on holiday. I won't go away. Yeah, I won't be able to afford it. So <laughs> I'll be broke. Oh, but yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, I've. I think it's probably best that I don't have any plans because I don't yeah. have the urge to go anywhere. Yeah, again, it's like never set yourself up for disappointment. Never yeah. have any aspirations or hopes because then you never. can never. Never be let down or feel bad or get disappointed. Uh, on the way, we'll have a bit of music from uh, Picture of This and Code Line. We'll be back. You can let us know. Listen, when would you feel comfortable sitting on a plane again besides strangers covered in face masks? When would you feel comfortable? Drop us a WhatsApp and let us know. 87 6797 FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Cormac and Saoirse here in Room 104 podcast updated shortly so if you want to listen back to the full shows uninterrupted you can do so um, there and listen back to the individual interviews that we have on the show this evening as well so Dr. Wider talking about how young people just aren't doing it as much as their parents did back in the day and also uh, what a Venus Trophobic is someone who is terrified of beautiful women and um, that'll be up shortly on the podcast uh, in the next few moments we were chatting there just about um you know, countries are easing restrictions on their lockdowns. They're, you know, different countries are in different phases. Turns out Spain has now lifted the two-week quarantine. If you're Irish, you can fly there from Sunday and not have to quarantine from two weeks or for two weeks. But non-essential travel is not allowed. 
uh, or you were asked from our HSC and our government to avoid any non-essential travel, both here at home or abroad and internationally. And we're just wondering, when would you feel comfortable jumping on a plane again? You know, even if restrictions were eased a bit more, when would you be comfortable sitting on a plane and taking a holiday abroad? Drops a text and let us know. Pete, good evening. Thanks for the WhatsApp message in, Pete, man. I hope you're well. Um, once I heard the 14-day quarantine was over in Spain, I booked a month in Tenerife because the accommodation is so cheap. Got a great Airbnb for a month for a grand and there's hundreds of thousands of protesters in close proximity with no spike in numbers. So a few people on a plane should be perfectly fine. Now, it might take us another week to see if there was any uh, spike from the protesters here anyway. But, um... Like, uh, I know, like, listen, the reason we're all working from home is because there's a global pandemic out there. That's uh, the, the situation at the moment. But, I like, know, if people you could do. They do need a holiday, though. I mean, we all do crave a holiday. And I think the thoughts of staying in Ireland is a little bit bleak, especially, right, today was a nice day, but over the weekend it was horrible lashing rain so you're not guaranteed the weather so I think when people feel that they've done their part and they've stayed in and they've stuck to guidelines and they're, they're working from home you just feel like you need that out you know to go abroad to go completely, to Spain, completely to go yeah I, I just wonder right if you are working for a business or an, an organisation that allows you to work from home could you move to Spain? Ooh good question something tells me that your boss wouldn't be too happy about that though yeah. They, they they shouldn't have a problem with it because if the work has been done, it yeah. doesn't really matter where you are. No, I know now maybe sometimes they'll still want you to be able to maybe pop in if you need and it does depend on, on the industry you're in. Obviously, if, if you're a nurse, you can't exactly work for Spain, uh, you know, back in Dublin or a teacher, that would be impossible. But some people might be able to. But I've, I've seen on the counter argument of this as well, Facebook in their San Fran office has a couple of weeks ago brought in a new like remote working policy and procedure. So they're allowing loads of their staff to work from anywhere. So loads of them are moving out of San Francisco because, you know, if you think our rent is bad, San Fran's is like our rent on crack cocaine. Insanely, yes. insanely expensive because, you know, you have some of the biggest tech companies in the world where all these young people in their 20s are on 100, 200 grand. So rent has gone. One, there's far more people there, but there's far more people there on stupid, stupid money. So their rent is astronomical. What a lot of them are doing now is taking up the offer to remote work and then are moving to one states in the United States that are far far cheaper and more affordable but also where they have no income tax so some states have zero income tax so they'll save a load of money but in the midst of that right I saw someone making the kind of point and suggestion that with all the companies that are saying oh yeah yeah, yeah you work remotely work from home happy days if they can have more people working remotely doing their jobs what they're going to eventually do, because a lot of corporations, especially the big ones, a lot of them are scum, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're just going to get people from incredibly poorer countries to do your job because they'll be able That's to trial it out. They'll be like, oh, you're remote working and they'll figure out all the systems and they'll trial out all of the problems and the teething problems with you. And then they'll be like, okay, here's, we know exactly how this can work effectively. You're on 30 grand a year doing your job and we can get the same for 10 over in India. So see you. Bye now. Yeah, that's probably going to happen, which is horrific. And if, if that does happen, let's be honest, there'll be uproar over it. There will be uproar. Oh, oh, I know that, but I mean, why would the company not do that? Especially if you're like a global powerhouse, like some of the tech companies are, who can, who can do that, who already do that. So unless there be, I mean... I don't know, maybe there'll be new, new, that'll be a new problem to come in down the line where companies won't be allowed to outsource so much of their staff, blah, 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 blah. But 
I know some of them are definitely considering it. They're definitely considering kind of going, this is a perfect excuse to gut half of our Dublin offices now and then move to M- Mumbai and do the rest there for like a fraction of what we're paying people at the moment. Pure greed. That's all it is. It's business. So hopefully it's business it doesn't, it's hopefully business. It doesn't happen. I, that would be, that would be awful. When, when will it happen? That's probably the question we should ask. Mm, when? That's true. We can all, you know, we can all just become influencers or live stream each other on Twitch. Look, the robots are going to take over by then anyway. That's very true. Yeah, very, so, very true. Uh, but listen, Pete, thanks for that. They don't play them anything. Thanks for that, Pete. And what, what are you doing for work? Oh, look at this as well. I love this. Tommy, just a quick one, Cormac. Three days in a hotel in Waterford, I priced for 320 quid. I got a week in Spain for 410. There is no incentive to keep people holiday home. I know. Yeah, I know. There is none. And that is a sad thing because, you know, I I actually had a a discussion with someone who was talking about, you know, that um, photo wildlife life park which now it is there's a Down five star Cork, hotel there it? and it's gorgeous yeah but like it is expensive I know they probably do deals and stuff but like it's not cheap to uh, pay for a hotel anywhere in Ireland but we do have nice hotels I think we have some of the best hotels in the world we do have some of the best hotels in the world and even our but standard were, of hotel is pretty good if you had kids and stuff good. as well yeah I don't know how yeah, you do it with kids in fairness yeah like a, a lot of the times flights you know you could get cheap flights over to somewhere and stay in like now, the hotel wouldn't be as nice as they is here, but like at least you're getting guaranteed sunshine and a grand kind of package holiday. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? You can, you can cheaper to fly out of the country than stay here. But sure, look, um, thanks for those messages in. Hopefully, yes, sooner rather than later, the old restrictions will be a thing of the past. Fingers crossed. Just wear your mask out in public and job done. And um, that's pretty much it from us this evening. Reminder, podcast will be updated in the next few moments. Listen back to the full shows uninterrupted uh, and also the interviews and the different segments that we have. We will be back tomorrow night from 9 o'clock. Cheers for tuning in this evening. And as always... Ihoa. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.